Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. Hey there, and welcome to this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. I'm your host, Harold Milby, and I am not only glad that you downloaded today's episode, but Honestly, I mean, I'm just really humbled by that fact. It's a privilege to come to you each week, and my hope is that you are truly encouraged and enlightened and really empowered after you listen to each episode. I would love for you to email me and let me know how this podcast is helping you and what topics you would like for me to discuss uh, you know, really from from God's perspective uh, and my perspective, but, you know, what's more important is God's perspective, obviously, and, and at, as I speak as a business leader. Uh, also, let me know if you'd like for me to come and speak to your employees or maybe your church or a group of business owners or leaders. I'd be honor, honored to do that, and we'll have a lot of fun. Uh, okay, then. So let's jump into today's topic. Uh, you know, I've had several people ask me to discuss today's topic. And uh, friends of mine, uh, people I don't know, but they've reached out and said, hey, you know, here's a topic we really would like to hear you speak on and so that we can get God's mind on how we deal with that. So today we're, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. Uh, Let me say this. Let me start from the very onset of this podcast and tell you that conflict is inevitable. You're not going to stop it. I mean, conflict happens, Um, and it it can arise in just about any kind of setting. I mean, you know, you can have conflict in your workplace. You can have conflict with personal relationships or community environments. But it's how we handle that conflict that makes all of the difference. Uh, You know, when you don't resolve conflict, it can have detrimental effects on a business. It it, it can lead to things like um, decreased productivity, uh, low employee morale, and even high turnover rates for that matter. However, though, when you when you deal with conflicts, when you address and you resolve conflicts in a really healthy way, it can really create and foster things like uh, creativity, uh, inv- innovation, and stronger relationships among your um, among your employees. Uh, conflict resolution, I believe, is essential. It is absolutely essential for maintaining a positive work environment and ensuring the long-term success of a business. Uh, So let's start really by defining what conflict uh, really is. Uh, You know, conflict in a business or even a personal relationship environment refers really to any disagreement or discord that arises between either individuals or even groups of people. And it can be related to things like a differing opinion. Uh, It could be different values or different goals. But however, as Christians, we are called to handle conflicts in a way 
that reflects um, Christ's teachings of love and forgiveness and reconciliation. Now, let me say this. Not all conflict is bad. I mean, there's some conflict that really is a positive thing when you get through it. You know, no conflict, uh, if, if you don't deal with conflict, if you just let it lay there, you, you know, uh, or, or if, let's just say this, let me back up. If there is no conflict, if you don't have conflict in your life ever, then what happens is it results uh, and can result in like complacency because there's no conflict there. Now, nobody likes conflict. I don't like conflict. I, I hate conflict, but it's something that comes in a normal course of life, in a normal course of business. There's going to be times when you have conflict. You know, you think, well, as a pastor, did you ever have conflict? Boy, did I ever. Uh, you know, when, you know, in, in our, in our uh, last church, you know, one of the goals that we had was to create this environment and, and this culture that said everybody's a minister, everybody should be doing something. And so it, it, we kind of bucked the norm where you had 20% of the people in the church doing 80% of the work, and we reversed that. So we had 80% of the congregation were involved in some type of weekly ministry. Now, what did that mean? Did that mean they were all paid staff? Absolutely not. They're, most of those people were volunteers. And let me say this, when, you, when you're dealing with volunteers, it's hard to fire a volunteer. And there were many times where we had conflict because the person was cast into the wrong position, which we, we took remedies to figure out how to deal with that as well. But in the beginning, we would put people in positions, and they really shouldn't have been in that position. And so now you got to figure out a way. They're volunteering, and now you got to take it away from them. It's not hard. I mean, it's not easy. It's very difficult. It's very hard. And so what happens is, is that you wind up having these conflicts. So it's not just in the business world or in relationships. It's also in the church world. You know, if you're, you know, the church that you're involved in, if you talk to the pastor, he'll probably tell you there's a lot of conflict that takes place. Uh, now, how we handle those conflicts is what makes the difference. It's what makes the difference. So like I said, not all conflict is bad. Sometimes you've always got conflict. You know, there's always going to be some type of abrasive relationship uh, between customer service and operations. That's almost always the case. You know, we when you study this in college, it, it's kind of like the the waitress and the cook relationship. Well, the waitress is relaying what the customer wants, and the cook a lot of times takes issue with it. Uh, if the the waitress hands him a ticket and says, "Hey, make sure that that biscuit is a light biscuit and not a dark business, uh, a dark bis a biscuit," then he can take offense of that. So. It's kind of that 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 conflict, but that's a good conflict to have. It they kind of help each other to make sure that they're doing excellent work. So, you know, conflict is there. It's there. It, it is going to happen. Uh, now, there are many people that believe as Christians that we're to stay away from conflicts, but that's not what the Bible says. And we're going to look at a couple of examples. But I love what John Maxwell said. He said, because people aren't perfect and relationships are messy, we all need to learn how to resolve conflicts. Amen to that, John Maxwell. I, I, I think that's a great quote. But let's, let's look at several passages that, that relate to conflict and how 
we deal with conflict. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 14, uh, talks about speaking the truth in love. So we are to speak the truth to people in love. It says that, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So speaking the truth in love has to do with maturity. It has to do with helping others to mature. So there's going to be times where we have to speak the truth, but you do it in love. Um, James 1 and 19 talks about being quick to listen. Uh, and we'll get into that in a few moments, but it says in James 1 and 19, it says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Great advice for any leader. Trust me. Uh, Matthew 23, 24, uh, uh, chapter 5, uh, it says, uh, go towards conflict. You, you go towards it. Don't run away from conflict. Run towards conflict. Um, you know, it says in verses 23, 24, it says, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that thy brother have aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, then come and offer thy gift. The word reconcile is not a rollover and play dead type of word. Uh, what reconciled means is you go back and do the work. Uh, to make it right. That means you have to deal with the conflict. In Ephesians 4 and 32, it talks about forgiving quickly and you forgive completely. Uh, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So you have to forgive quickly, but you have to forgive completely. And again, that's something that we all have to learn on a daily basis. I'm not going to tell you that I'm perfect at forgiving quickly and completely because quite honestly, as a, as a, as just to be honest with you, I, I struggle with that sometimes. And uh, so I'm, I'm kind of an all-in or all-out type person, and so that is works against me with forgiving quickly and completely. Uh, so I'm just confessing that to you, but it can be difficult. Um, you know, Mark eleven twenty four twenty five says, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now listen to what he says in the very next verse. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, uh, that your Father which is also in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. So what he's saying is, yeah, you can stand there. When you pray, believe that you receive the things that you ask for and you shall have them. But, hey, here's a caveat. If you have somebody that you need to forgive, you need to go and do that right away because that's going to hinder what you're believing for by faith. So those two things go together, Mark 11, 24, and 25. Those two things go together. Um, the other thing is that a lot of times, you, you know, the and again, the Scripture is very helpful. Uh, it talks about bringing in help when you need the help. Sometimes you can't do and deal with the conflict yourself. you got to bring in some help to help you resolve the conflict. That's what it says in Matthew 18 and 19. It says, If thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Again, a really great principle for conflict resolution. 
If you go to them and they don't want to listen, then take somebody with you. And again, it's about doing this in love. Uh, you know, I have never had to roll over and play dead when I'm dealing with uh, with conflict uh, conflict resolution. But at the same time, I've always tried to keep the godly principles in mind when I'm doing so. You know, Paul had an issue with Peter. Uh, in Galatians chapter 2 and verses 11, you can, you can kind of read through there in that chapter and see. But basically, uh, what uh, Paul did not like was he acted one way around the Jews, and then he acted another way around the Gentiles. And so Paul said, in verse, uh, or the, uh, it says in uh, verse 11 of Galatians 2, it says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. Uh, so Paul tells us here in this passage, I went right to him in his face and told him how wrong he was doing. And he goes into that and explains to him, hey, how come you act this way when you're around the Jews? You act this way when you're around the Gentiles. That's not right. And so he confronted him about it. There was some. There, there was definitely, uh, 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 you know, stuff that, that that just wasn't gelling there. And then in Acts chapter fifteen thirty nine, uh, Paul and uh, Barnabas had a disagreement and had conflict between them and regarding John Mark. Uh, in their first missionary trip, John Mark came with them, but then in the middle of the trip, felt bad, felt lonely, felt homesick, whatever it was, but he left them right in the middle of the trip. So then they go to the second trip, and Barnabas wants to take Mark, and Paul says, no, I'm not going to take him. He left us the first time. And so the Bible says in, in Acts 15, 39, it says, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed into Crispus, uh, 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 Cyprus. And so, you know, I think, and, and of course, uh, you know, this is used a lot of times incorrectly to talk about how that we're to walk away from people. But in reality, what they were trying to do was deal with conflict. Conflict is crucial for Christian businesses because it allows us to demonstrate Christ's character and, and to help us maintain this positive witness to the world. Resolving conflicts in a Christ-like manner, it promotes unity, healthy relationships, it strengthens, it strengthens the overall effectiveness of your organization or your business. It also provides an opportunity to showcase this transformation, this trans transformative power of the gospel in our daily lives. It shows people how that that transformative uh, power is alive in us and can be in them. So what are some of the common sources of a conflict in business? Well, uh, communication breakdowns, big one, communication breakdowns. There's misunderstanding, a lack of clarity, uh, poor listening skills. Poor listening skills can contribute to conflicts. You know, uh, Stephen Covey said, most people do not listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. Well, what a great revelation, because we should listen with the intent to understand, not get the words out of their mouth so we can reply to what they just said. So communication breakdowns, differences in work styles. Not everybody works the same way. Uh, I've had conflict with people in my office 
uh, with one person in particular that that they just have such high standards for themselves and they try to project this on everybody that comes into their apartment and some people don't work like that. And I've had to try to explain it to them over and over again. In fact, I had to take leadership responsibility away from them for a period of years until I felt like they had matured enough that they understood this and then put them back in that position. Um, some other uh, reasons are differences in goals. Maybe the goals are different or in values. Uh, that can create a lot of tension among uh, team members. Uh, here's another one, resource allocation. Uh, you know, you're not getting the money for your department. You've got more budget constraints than this other department is, and you feel like you have these competing priorities. That can cause conflict. Uh, misunderstood responsibilities. If the person doesn't know what their responsibilities are, that's one of the reasons that in in my com or in the, in the company that I manage, in the division that I manage, I try to have a job description, a detailed job description for every position within the company. Why? Because I want to make sure I take away any kind of misunderstanding uh, or or have this have this cloud that this person is working under because they don't really know what their responsibilities are. So how do they know if they're doing a good job or not? How can I go to somebody and say, you're doing a bad job when I never told them what a good job looked like? So that's what this, that's what a job uh, description does. It shows them what is it, if I do a good job, what's that look like? So they know what it is. Uh, differences of personalities, another huge thing. You see it in the Bible over and over again, and maybe we'll talk about this on another podcast, but differences of personalities, you've got to get a handle on that and understand that everybody's not like you. Uh, I thank God that not everybody's like me. I don't know if I could stand it. So make sure that you understand that. And then just change. You know, if you haven't read the book, Who Moved My Cheese, please read that book. It's not a big book. It's not a thick book. It's got some great insight to it about change, but make sure that you do that. Now, when you look at these conflicts, they typically fall into one of these three categories. Now, there may be some more, but these are the ones that I see most of the time. It's either a task conflict. It's some kind of a conflict over a task or something that was supposed to be done. And again, that could be because of a lack of understanding of the responsibilities uh, it could be a difference in the goals or the work styles, but it's a task conflict. Next is a process conflict, and then the next is a relationship conflict. So most of the time, they're going to fit in one of those three. You know, there was a recent Harvard Business Review article that said after they surveyed like a thousand first-time managers and their direct reports at about 75, 76 companies around the world, and they found that there were four triggers uh, that were the root cause in 91% of the cases. And if the trigger, triggers were identified early enough, they could kind of stop or mitigate this conflict before it ever started. They also found that almost three hours a week were spent on dealing with conflict. So that's huge, three hours a week dealing with conflict. So here are these four triggers, poor communication, lack of performance standards, unreasonable time restraints, so you don't give somebody the uh, amount of time that they need to get the work done, 
and unclear expectations. So a lot of these are the things we already listed, but this is what the Harvard Business Review article revealed was those three or those four triggers. So what are some strategies for creating an environment for conflict resolution? Uh, well, make sure that there's proper supervision. Uh, I always tell people all the time, I have lived this for years. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a wisdom uh, seed for me, and that is what gets inspected gets done. If you don't inspect things, people get lazy, they get complacent in the work and or the things that you require of them don't get done. Make sure that there's proper supervision. If it's not from you, it's from another leader within your department or in the company, but there needs to be proper supervision of people. Do you need to breathe down their necks? No, I don't believe in that either. But you need to have enough proper supervision to make sure that you cut down on any kind of conflict because if not, what happens is, is you go off on somebody or you're upset with somebody because they didn't get something done properly. Well, if you'd stopped them in the very beginning because they weren't doing it correctly, you would have saved everybody a lot of problems. Uh, the next thing that you want to do is make sure you deal with conflicts early. Don't wait Deal with them right away. I know it's not comfortable. I know it's not fun. But trust me, deal with conflicts early. The longer you let them fester, the worse they get. The worse they get. Uh, create open and honest channels of communication. Uh, that's cru crucial. It's very, very critical to, to really... Uh, try to mitigate any kind of conflict. You've got to have some kind of open and honest channel of communication where people can come to you, you can go to them, but you have to do this to be able to cre create this environment. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you're going to have an environment with no resolu with no conflict. What it means is, is that if you have these things, it means that conflict resolution is a lot easier. Um, so having those channels of communication open are just, you know, that's one of the four triggers that they identified in the Harvard uh, Business Review article was poor communication. Uh, Winston Churchill, uh, great man. I love the man. L love what he did during World War II. He said this. He said, courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. So you got to have a two-way uh, channel of communication that's uh, going back. Uh, the next thing that you need to do is practice team collaboration and compromise. Finding a win-win solution that addresses the needs of everybody involved can really help you uh, develop uh, sustainable resolutions when there's some type of conflict. So, you know, make sure that you have this, this environment of collaboration and compromise. Uh, make sure that you practice active listening. By truly understanding each other's perspectives, you can really find common ground and you can work towards a resolution. But if you're not really willing to listen, and I mean actively listen, uh, then you're not going to understand the other person. You're not going to understand what they're dealing with, what they're going through, how difficult it may be for them. Uh, next, uh, make sure that you develop proper job descriptions. We talked about this. That should include their responsibilities and what your expectations are. Uh, next, make sure you focus on the person and not the problem. That can be a real issue. 
you separate the individual from the issue. You don't want to create personal attacks. You want to maintain this respectful type of atmosphere. So make sure you focus uh, on, on the person and not the problem. In other words, when I say that, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but what I'm saying is focus on their feelings. Focus on what they're going through. Focus on, on the person. You can deal with the problem, but you got to separate them out. Separate the individual from the problem. And then lastly, you got to make sure that you check the emotions at the door. Don't go into a resolution of conflict of some sort with a bunch of emotions when you walk in. Check those emotions. Make sure that you can do this without them. Now, here's some really best practices when we're talking about uh, uh, resolution. Uh, first of all, clarify. You got to repeat the conflict source or what they're saying it is and make sure you're clear. Make sure you're precise. Make sure you have good descriptions in order to make sure that you understand. So make sure you clarify. Next, confine. Find a, a what I call a safe place, a private place that you can go talk. You don't want to deal with conflict in the middle of, of, of the floor of your factory or in an office full of people. That's the wrong message to send. It's the wrong way to handle it. I can't stand it. And I got to be honest with you, I have been out in public in a, in a restaurant or in a business or whatever, and I see it happen. I go to that manager and I say, listen, as a, as a customer, I was appalled at how you handled the conflict with this employee. I'm sorry. If they don't like it, they don't like it. But that's how bad it bothers me. Uh, so clarify, confine it to a safe space, cooperate. You got to listen actively, let everybody have a say, and make sure to explain how this is going to work. Let them know, here's how we're going to deal with this conflict. Here's how we're going to deal with it. Because it may not just be conflict with you. You may be in the intermediary of trying to deal with conflict. Uh, then you confirm. Be sure that you investigate everything with an open mind. Uh, challenge, um, you know, people uh, with what they say may be the facts. Maybe it's not the facts. you got to be willing to challenge that. That's where you get uncomfortable. But make sure you confirm everything before you come up with a solution. And then that's the, the last thing is to conclude. Conclude. Make sure there's a solution. Bring it to a conclusion. Make sure there's a solution that everybody has agreed to. You know, Ronald Reagan said, peace is not absence of conflict. It is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means. So conflict, uh, conflict resolution, it, it's a really valuable skill. You need to have it. You need to grow with it. You need to enhance it and do everything you can because it's going to improve relationships. It's going to improve productivity. It's going to create this harmonious environment. And by understanding the causes and the types of conflicts, as well as implementing these effective uh, uh, strategies that we've talked about today, we can transform these conflicts into opportunities. And, and it'll be opportunities for growth and opportunities for collaboration. Uh, David Augsburger, he's a Christian author and teacher. He said, the more that we run from conflict, the more it masters us, the more we try to avoid it the more it controls us. The less we fear conflict, the less it confuses us. The less we deny our differences, 
the less they divide us. Lord, we thank you for, for those who've downloaded and listened to today's podcast. And, and Lord, I pray that they'll recognize these triggers of conflict and they'll be able to stop conflict before it arises. And Lord, at the very least, it'll help them to, to gain a, a great grasp of how to deal with conflict. And, and Lord, uh, when, when you can't do it that way, Lord, I, I pray that they'll become skilled I mean, just skilled to resolve conflict with skills and your wisdom and your knowledge and in a way that will bring glory to you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have for today. So until uh, next time, uh, remember that Jesus is Lord and he wants you blessed. Thank you for tuning into this week's Christian Business Concepts podcast. Go to ChristianBusinessConcepts.com for more information and resources. Be sure to check out other podcasts that will help you take your business and your personal life to a whole new level of success.